Happy Wednesday, everyone. Mackenzie Frank here with another episode of The 20-Something Mom. Today, I have a really special guest, Megan Abate. I'll let her introduce herself in a minute here. But I wanted to give a trigger warning as Megan will be opening up about the loss of her husband. This podcast has always been and always will be about bringing awareness, honoring others, and talking about those hard conversations. I know this is a topic that can help so many people and one that isn't talked about enough. So let's meet Megan. How is your daughter? How tell okay, first let's start off like how is your daughter? So you have this little daughter, she's so cute. Thank you, Vienna. Yeah, she's good. She's like, I don't know, I feel like a wild child every day is just something new, which is so fun, as you know. Um Wait, so like, how old is she? She'll be two July fifth. Oh, okay. So her and, and Jagger are super close. When's Jagger's birthday? August 21st. So she'll be two. Yes. yes that's... So you just know what it's like. I know what it's like, girl, with the whole COVID babies and everything. They're like a different breed, I think. Oh, my God. For real. All right. Well, thank you so much, honestly, for joining this episode. I'm really excited to have you. Um, do you want to just give us a little bit of background of you, who you are? Um, you know, tell me more about your daughter. I'd love to hear. Sure. So, um, this is my first podcast. Awesome. Yay. (laughs) So excited. Um, but I have been listening to podcasts obviously for so long, like in the car. So it's super fun to do this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I feel like I'm so normal, boring life. Um, I'm with Vienna most of the time. Um, except when I'm at work, I'm a teacher, I'm an EL teacher in West Haven. Okay. Which is fun. I have a couple um, friends that are English learners, right? Yes. Yep, I have a couple of friends that do that as well, and they love it. Yeah, it's so much fun. I was in first grade for four years, so this is my first year in, like, the EL actual teaching position. Um, but it's been good. They're so sweet, those kids, and they just, like, soak everything in. Yeah, so that's I'm going to sneeze, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel it. No, okay, I guess Bless it passed. Yep. <laughs> um. Wow, that's amazing. So your name is Megan Abate. Oh, my God, yeah. Sorry. I didn't even say that. <laughs> Talk for me. So my name is Megan Abate, yep. Um, and Vienna is my daughter. How did you she think of that name? Me. I love that name. Thank you. Um, honestly, I think we were going through so many different names. We couldn't agree on one. And then we were sitting on the couch one day. And you know the movie 13 Going on 30? Yes. With um, Jennifer Garner? Yes. And the song Vienna by Billy Joel like plays in that movie and so joe was just like how about vienna and i'm like oh i don't know but then we kept saying it and it just stuck and it worked and Mm. so she's vienna rose i love that that's so cute i've never heard it i just have never heard that as a name and i i obviously like my kid's name is jagger i feel like that's not really super heard i love names that you don't hear often so cute i love it too and then being a teacher too i mean i love the kids but sometimes you're like "Mm, can't do that name yes i hear that all the time like if you love a specific name and then you didn't have that and then you're i've heard people like okay and the, i never had this name say it was like max or something never had a max and then i was pregnant at the end of my pregnancy there was a max and i just ended up having to change the name <laughs> or something. yes i feel like that happens all the time like once you think of the name then all of a sudden it's everywhere yeah it's so true oh my god but well, i do love unique names so <laughs> yeah it's so funny mm. So what do you guys like to do for fun? What do you do with Vienna? Like, what do you guys like to do? She loves being outside. So thank God this weather is starting to be better because 
I mean, all winter. I mean, we tried the snow, but being cooped up inside with her is rough. So we're just always out. She likes to draw with chalk, run around, just slide the park. So um, fun. And now that they can yeah, actually, because they're at the that. age where they can, like, do the park, before it was like, yes. uh, do we really want to do that? Now it's like, okay, yeah, like, let's literally, like, let's go to park. <laughs> I'm loving this age because I really feel like that 1 to 18, 20 months, like that awkward age of they want to do stuff, but they still can't. Yep. So finding anything to do, I felt like was just hard. But now, yeah, they're at the point where they can climb, they can play, they could like, they get it. Yeah. Jagger started walking at nine months, so and I don't wish that upon oh anybody. God. Like that was <laughs> like insane. And just like you said, like she physically could do things, but she mentally just didn't you know, at a nine month old, like they don't know yet. what's gonna happen if they do this or that. I mean, it was insane. So I totally got it. Oh my that. god, nine months. So you were exhausted long before the rest of us. Oh yeah. Really. Oh, yeah. I'm like, my ex, please, Lord, help me. Be like a 16-monther. Like, that's totally fine. <laughs> that is crazy nine months. But she's advanced. So yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm advanced at this point, too. Um, you are. All right. So so tell me about your relationship. Tell me about Joe. I want to hear about him. So first, I just want to tell you, thank you for letting me talk about him because I feel like that's so huge um, for I think anyone really who's goes goes through a loss. So thanks for that. I'm so happy. Um, and you know what? I just want to say too to that. I've I've talked to a lot of people with who have experienced loss um, of any kind, and I that's the number one thing they always say is like I just want I love talking about them, and I think what I you know what the point of this episode and this podcast in general is just to bring awareness to. to talk about these hard topics and and sometimes they're hard to talk about but it's it's beneficial to so many to do so right yeah I mean I totally agree and I think it can be you know it's hard emotionally but I've always said now for the past 17 months like I wouldn't ever not talk about him I'd rather talk about him get emotional get happy whatever it is than pretend all of a sudden he like wasn't here or didn't exist yeah um but I met him when I was 18 Okay. And he was um, 26 because we were eight years apart. Um, I worked for his family at their pizza restaurant right down the street from my parents' house. Oh, funny. Yeah. And I had worked there for years, like all in high school. He wasn't, he didn't work there at the time. Um, So I'd never really met him. But then one Friday night, he just like came in, grabbed a bite to eat. We started talking and it really sounds cliche, but I don't know. Since then, I feel like we talked, I worked together every day since then. I don't know it just worked like we were friends first and then we, we officially started dating yeah um so yeah I mean we were together I mean I still say are together so together for 12 years yeah um yeah it was just like my whole adult life has been me and him through like all through my college careers whatever and now obviously Vienna yes oh my goodness so when did you get married we got married November 2015. Okay. Yep. So it'll be seven years married this coming November. Wow. Yeah. And we got, you know, like we bought a little house. Yep. Um, we always knew we wanted kids. So, but because I was a teacher, I was always trying to plan it mm-hmm. to have them in the summer. Yep. <laughs> um, so it worked out perfectly with Vienna because she's a July baby, like I said. So oh, yeah. she's right in the middle of summer. So I had the whole summer vacation and then took like maternity leave. So it was nice. I didn't really have to go back to school until 
it was like January when I ended up going back. Wow. So you had a nice maternity leave. Holy cow. Yeah, I got definitely got lucky with that. Like I said, just with the timing. So she was six months when I had to go back to work and um it was really good to be home. Yeah, because now you have a weird but you now you have like at six months, it's like now you have a full baby. Now I feel like, okay, we got the sleep situation kind of yeah. under control. Now she's eating thick it's diff like yeah, that's nice. That's yeah, a really they're like a time. real human yeah. by that time. Yep. <laughs> Not so this like good. blob that like can't live like would literally without me. Without yes. Like she could be away from me for a little bit and it's okay. Yes. Oh my so, goodness. Okay, so you guys got married in 2015 and then obviously you had Vienna in 2022 or 20, 20 2020. Yeah. And what was that like? So were you guys, had you guys been trying? Were you, did you find out you were having a boy or a girl? Like, how did that look? Yeah. So I feel like we, well, so we were trying and then I had a miscarriage in June of 2019. Okay. And then we got pregnant again with Vienna in October. Um, so that was just kind of like, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't really think that that could happen because I feel like that's another thing that's not super talked about. Yep. Um, you know, or just the, the miscarriages that are so common, unfortunately, but like being young, I was 28 at that time. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, oh, we'd have no problem, whatever. Um, so then we got pregnant with Vienna and then COVID hit when I was like, I don't know, I think 20 ish weeks, 25 weeks. Yep. So I feel like that was such a strange experience, but it also wouldn't change it because it forced us to like really just be home, enjoy every minute of the pregnancy and soak all those moments in like looking back not to say that I would want COVID again but I wouldn't want to change how that worked for us yeah I get it totally um, get it because you know we had those last couple months to just enjoy it and then even with her it was kind of weird with trying to figure out guests and visitors family and whatever and we did you know make it work but again it was so many moments of just the three of us yeah that I'm so thankful to have and you were working from home because you're a teacher right well not when you had her, when you went back? So b before, so March 2020, until that June 2020, we were, it was all that remote learning. Like yes. Craziness, distance learning. So, I was, yeah, I was home. Wow. Um, and was he working from home or how did that work for him? Um, so he was then at his family's restaurant at the time. Oh. Um, so he was still working because they were doing a uh, takeout, you know, like you could go and um, or do like the curbside pickup stuff. Yeah. So he'd go to work and I'd be home all day. So just, you know, stopping my face and being so cozy on the couch. Not that it wasn't working. But... <laughs> um, so again, like weird. I don't I would not want COVID, but it was so good. Like who gets to just be home and cozy really for a whole second half of their pregnancy well that's the thing and I obviously can relate firsthand to that because I was in the exact same position and that's how I felt like I'm a very like go 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 type of person I don't like I will be like bleeding my heels will be bleeding before I like take a day off that's nice you know what I mean they're like I'm just so like that and so the fact that I was forced to slow down at the end of my pregnancy or you know the second half like you said was just a blessing in disguise. Yes. I think, too. I agree because – so she's your first? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and it's like you're never going to get that first pregnancy back, right? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. Okay, so then 
So yeah, well, before we even get to uh, Vienna being, why do I, I just want to call her Sienna for some reason. <laughs> I like that I name that's too. That's a just, more common name, Sienna. Oh my God, I love them both, but Vienna is beautiful. So when, before Vienna's born, so you guys had a, like such a, like a nice amount of time, just married couple. What was that like? We really did. Yeah. It was good. I mean, he and I are definitely opposites. Like, I'm more of a, mm, I'd rather be on the couch with my glass of wine watching a movie. And he's like, let's go out. Okay. So I feel like we balance each other, which is really fun. Um, you know, yeah, we. I mean, we just, we would go out, love to go out to dinner. Yeah. Um, we would always get together with family at some point, Saturday, Sundays, whatever. He comes from a huge family. So I have a lot of brothers-in-law and sisters-in-law, which is fun. Is he um, Italian? And now we have- yeah. Okay, the pizza restaurant, big yeah. family, <laughs> putting together the dogs. Yeah. Yep. Full Italian. So that's really fun. And I'm lucky that I get along with all my in-laws. So, um, you know, we'd always just kind of hang out at someone's house. And then the kids started coming, so the kids would be there. Okay. That is so fun. Yeah, getting along with in-laws. I did a whole podcast episode on that. That is an interesting topic in itself. That's You're lucky. That's Super really nice. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we have our moments, but ultimately, like, very lucky to get along with all of them. Yeah, that's so nice. So, okay, so then you guys had this. Well, where were your favorite places to go out to eat together? Like, what kind of food did you guys, did you guys like? We always laughed because Joe, like, never wanted to venture out more than 10 minutes from the house. And I'm like, um, for someone who wants to go out all the time, I'm so sick of the Brantford Hill. I yeah. feel like it's always there we ended up. And I'm like, I want to go somewhere else. So, but we'd always go to Eli's. Um, Eli really Cannons? Like, no, so it's Eli's on the Hill in Brantford. Oh, oh okay. the same as Eli's in Hamden, I think. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Um, so we'd go there a lot and we love like shell and bones in New Haven. I've heard kind of on the water things about that place. Yeah. It's really good. I love seafood. He loves seafood too. I mean, we both loved all foods, so we just ate a lot. A lot of our relationship was different things to eat. <laughs> we just stuffed our face. Like <laughs> no, <big> deal. <laughs> yeah. Eating, drinking. That's what we did. I love um, that. So we would do that. And then it was, it's funny too, because his family still has the pizza place. They just moved like further down uh, the road, but he liked to sample other pizzas. So mm. we would go to like, if a new place popped up, we'd go try their pizza. He liked like Peppy Sally's modern yep. all in new Haven on Western street. Um, he liked Domino's pizza some nights. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> but, so we those drunken Domino's nights. <laughs> yeah. Domino's or Taco Bell. <laughs> actually it's funny you say that because i saw this meme the other day that it was like like in 2030 or like 40 police officers that pull you over for a sobriety check are going to be like do you want to go to taco bell and if you say yes <laughs> you're being arrested if you say no we'll keep going um uh, do you want to text your ex yes you're going being arrested no okay you can go <laughs> i love that and it's just so true that's more accurate than any type of like walking the line test so so true are you kidding me (laughs) i love that so we did a lot of that um yeah i mean we also were pretty like simple in that way he was very simple like just wore sweatpants and a zip up if he could every single day um so it was never really anything fancy which was fine just hung out so nice and so okay so then you welcome this beautiful baby girl what was he was he just what was he like becoming a new dad like what was that like for him 
So I could like literally picture it sitting there. I've like just given birth and she's like on my chest and everyone's so excited. And he's like, I'm like, hello, this is your daughter. Like he had just zero reaction. And I think he was so stunned. Oh, um, but after that, he really snapped into yeah. it. And I mean, he was good. He just had a, like a really goofy personality. So he was always silly with her and making her laugh. And like, he was just big and she was so little. So I loved seeing that, you know, seeing them together. And she is him. Like she is his twin looks wise, personality wise. I thought so looks wise. And like, obviously I don't know you guys very well, but (laughs) just the pictures, I'm like, holy cow. (laughs) Yes, it's the eyeball. They're huge. So cute. Oh my god. But she does. She really is a mini him and like all the way. She has a little bit of me. But um so it was fun. It was to see them, you know, it was only for five months, but even just in that time and her being so little, you just saw how alike they were. Yeah. His mini. That's so sweet. So okay, do you wanna tell us like what happened, how that you know, how this all went for you at that point? Yeah, so he, Joe had had um, VSD, so like uh, like a hole in the heart, essentially, when he was born. Okay. Um, so he had had two open heart surgeries, like in his lifetime, and he was always monitored more closely than like maybe your average person. So we always kept up on it. Um, so this really did come as like quite a shock because everything always looked fine and he was good. But on December 4th, he had gone to work really early that morning. Um and it's funny, it was like 4 a.m., so I wasn't getting up. Like, I was sleeping. But he, like, woke me up, turned all the lights on, and we were able to talk when ordinarily, like, we wouldn't. I would have just stayed sleeping, and he would have left. But I had gotten to work, and I got a call, you know, that he was in the emergency room, in the emergency department, and he um, passed of a cardiac arrhythmia, like an irregular arrhythmia. So essentially his heart rhythm was so high that it was, like, a lethal um, – you know, point and they couldn't shock it back down. It was just like very super simple terms. So anyone was in the medical field, I'm sorry yeah. for totally butchering that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how the doctor, you know, essentially explained it and, and that's what it was. So, you know, they, they did say they worked on them for a while, but they weren't able to to bring them back essentially. And so it just it's so crazy to look back on it because I still don't even feel like it's fully my story. Yeah. It just seems so like surreal um but I I could tell you where I was standing on the playground like that's where I took the call I was at work thank god there were no kids there that day they were all doing distance learning um and so you know I called my dad and my brothers they were home and they took me to the hospital and it's just it's so crazy I was 29 but in that moment I felt like I was in 90 because you know that's the age you're supposed to deal with all of this with your significant other um did you know at the hospital or did you know on the phone call I knew in the phone call so the ER doctor was so kind and patient and he you know explained everything to me but it got to the point where I didn't even hear what he was saying anymore Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know what's happening and so the very end like he you know did tell me that he passed and I feel like a lot of people I would tell the story to or family and friends especially would be like, I can't believe he told you. But I can't imagine that 10-minute ride from work to the hospital not knowing. Like, I am very grateful and thankful that he told me on the phone because I don't know. Like, I can't imagine driving and not knowing what I was going to walk into. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes so, sense. So, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds weird, and no one ever wants to find that out, and certainly not at school or at work. Um, but in the, like, looking back, I was thankful just to have known it, and not that it starts to process for quite some time after, but at least it wasn't a car ride of, like, what's happening. I mean, there were so many questions, but. Yeah, so, like you said about how in the morning you normally wouldn't have had a conversation, but you did. I've heard so many crazy stories like that where they look back on maybe the days or weeks or hours before that they had had with the, the person and they start to recall this like very coincidental, like almost like I remember listening to a story and a mother um, had lost her child and she was saying like, she's like, now that I look back, she's like, I almost think I knew, like I, I almost kind of knew that it was going to happen. And is there anything else that you feel like happens like that with you, even like even leading up to this? Yeah, I, I do. I, so I don't feel like I knew this was going to happen, but like you're saying, I looked back and so it was that morning just out of our norm that that would happen. But I'm so thankful I did like to see his face to talk to him. Like that was it. That's the last time I talked to him and heard him, um, you know, so at least I have that image. Um, and then a couple weeks before I was debating getting our Christmas photos done as a family. I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like we could just take them ourselves, whatever. But I decided to pay for it, got the appointment. Um, and that was, I think two weeks before and so now we have those photos and like if I didn't have if I hadn't done those there wouldn't have been any family picture of us the first one at the hospital but that was really it so that was something else I was like wow I feel like we were totally supposed to have done that yes um there was like a couple nights where he got home from work earlier than he might have like in the days leading up to it um so just just like that little extra time home so it's nothing like super big but if I do look back on the month or so before it, these little things just kind of happened and I'm so grateful that they did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so interesting. And, you know, it kind of, I don't know how big you are into faith. And I feel like I always bring this up in my podcast because I just um, always do, but you know, you just kind of, that makes those things kind of make you think like, Hmm, I feel like, like I wonder, you know, Oh, a thousand percent. I feel like, so I am Catholic and Joe was very Catholic. Um, so I, I have a big faith and for me personally, I don't think I could, you could do something like this without a faith. So I, you know, I'm so glad to have had that, but yeah, I totally think there was just a, I don't know, like everything was mapped out and there was a, not a reason for him dying. Never that. Yeah. But we were supposed to take those photos and we were supposed to have those little moments that we wouldn't have ordinarily had, you know? Yeah, I, absolutely. So what did it look like after? Like, what was that process? I mean, you have at this point a five-month-old baby at home. You're a new mom and like we both know. Five, I mean, you are still struggling in that newborn stage. So that's a huge thing. And then, and then this, what was that like for you? I feel like, so, you know, I was at the hospital. I spent as long as I guess you kind of could there. And then that was it. Like, okay, I have to go pick up Vienna. And of course we had family and, and friends who would have done anything. But in that moment, I'm grieving, but you also don't even get to grieve as the wife because you're a mom still. So it's like, great, right, let's go. Like I got to pick her up. She's got to go home, do the dinner, do bath time. Um, and I feel like 
that's good and also super hard. A lot of people would say like, oh, thank God you have her. And of course, like, thank God I have her because she forced me to do every day after. But also it's just another complex layer to the whole Mm -hmm. grieving thing because I want to grieve as a wife. And that sometimes takes the backseat to being the mom. Mm -hmm. And then you're grieving as a mom because she doesn't know. But I look at this little human and I'm like, you're not even going to know your dad. Yeah. And you're going to know him from what I tell, from what family tells, from pictures, from whatever it can do. But you're not going to know him where you're supposed to. So it's a very strange thing, I feel like, to be a widow, um, which is also so weird to say at 30 years old, because yeah. I picture a widow, like, old and gray. Yeah. But to also be a new mom at the same time. Um, but even that night, like, I can picture myself, like, we came home changing her diaper she's laughing and I'm laughing and in your head you're like why am I laughing I'm so sad my husband just died but it's like but this is my baby and she's funny so I'm laughing it's such a like grief and joy really do coexist thing it's wow yeah and it's almost like you're you're having to grieve as this wife and you're also almost having to grieve for your daughter like in totally. place for her because she can't like she can't do that right yeah exactly like she has no idea and you know of of course right now it's okay that she doesn't know but for me I'm like grieving for her grieving for me and then I'm grieving for Joe because I'm like you aren't seeing this I mean I personally believe that he's around and seeing all of it in the way that he can but ultimately like the way he's supposed to be he's not seeing any of it and it's just yeah, you're grieving for like three different people. Yeah, that's so true. I never, I would have never thought of it like that until you said it in that way. It's, it's a very complex thing. I mean, the grieving process in general. So did, how, who taught you how to grieve? Like, did you, like, how, how does, does somebody teach you these things? Do you like, like, how, how does that work? I know it's so, it's so odd. And I had said like in the past, there's no like high school class or college elective that tells you how to grieve, yet it's something that everyone goes through. You pray you don't go through it until you're old and gray, but the reality is you do and you don't know when. And there's like, I don't know, there's, there is no right and wrong way, but I think the thing that's helped, one of the things that's helped the most is just talking to other people who are grieving and have had a huge loss, whether it was a loss of a child, a spouse, a parent, um, a sibling, all of those like really close family losses and just knowing like you're not alone you're not crazy you know because you might feel one way and you look and you're like oh my god is this normal like am I supposed to feel this way but then you're able to talk to someone you're like oh no I totally did too or you know I know someone who did and so just kind of finding that community of people who get it because I am very close with my family and I'm so thankful for them and I think they get it in their own way but ultimately I'm the only one who's lost a spouse, so they can sympathize with me and empathize, but they don't get it. So talking to someone who does is huge, I feel like, and you know, for, I guess, justifying your grief. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And almost, yeah, feeling like everything that you're feeling isn't absurd or crazy because somebody else okay you've you've actually experienced something like this too and you're feeling those same just like you said I mean that's that's huge to have that support system where 
you able to, I mean, get into any groups or like, were there any online things that you, that really helped you during the beginning or just even the whole thing? I mean, you're still, you know, forever grieving, I, you know, I feel like. And is there anything like that that helped you? Um, I feel like just what you said, like forever grieving is just for me to understand that and then to spread it around to everyone is a huge help because people will use the term like you get through it. And to a certain extent, like you might get through a tough part, but it's never through it. Like it's parallel. There's grief and it's your life and they're just together always because, you know, it doesn't stop. You don't stop missing them. You don't stop wanting them. Um, but it was a little strange since it was still kind of considered that COVID time because it was December 2020. Oh, yeah. So things were still a little bit more like strict. Some places on lockdown, things weren't happening in person, but I did get into therapy right away. Um, and we were meeting through Zoom until her office was open, and now I'm able to go in person. Uh, and I think that was really helpful. Again, everyone's different, but for me to just talk about a bunch of stuff and have, again, someone say, nope, that's normal, nope, that's fine, or offer tips, you know, to like how to handle a feeling, a conversation with someone, because people so badly want to say the right thing, and sometimes it's just not. But you know it's coming from a good place. So I feel like therapy really helped with, uh, understanding how to respond to that. Um, so therapy has been really helpful. And then just like really the Instagram community. Yeah. I hear and that. I've been able to make so a lot much. of connections. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And you can find, I mean, just people out there that have gone through your exact situation, like down yes. to the T, because now we're talking about, we're not talking about, you know, a counselor that's here in, on the East coast. We're talking about everyone in that has Instagram in the world that can relate to yeah. you. Seriously, like it's global, um, which is just so crazy to me. Not, not that it's global, but that, you know, you're not the only one. And like you said, there's a woman I met um, from Canada and we were like the same age are, I think her son and Vienna have the same birthday or they're like two days apart. Like they're so close and her husband passed, passed a month after Joe did. Wow, um, see, that's insane. Yeah, it is so crazy. And but because it's just not been talked about, I think grief in general, but um, I don't know, even like younger widows, it just hasn't really been like a thing, but it is a thing because there's so many. So Instagram's really come through, I feel like, to make those connections and you know, kind of meet new people who could just get it every day. That is so nice. And that, yeah, that's so helpful to hear. What, um, going back to what you said about having conversations with other people, what are some things that you can really say, like, don't help? Because there are people listening, I know for a fact, that want, like, give me all the tips. Tell me literally not what to say, word for word. Tell me what to say. Like, what do you have to say on all of that? And I love those people. Um, I mean, I know that everyone deals with it differently, but when someone knows enough that they need to ask what's going to be helpful, I just feel like they're already going to be such a great listener or friend or support system to someone grieving. Um, I think for me, one of the biggest things that's just not helpful is the whole, well, you're so young. Be, just like, yes, I am. Um, and but I, what does I that have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. And I feel like they probably mean, well, you have so much life ahead of you. There's something else out there or someone else out there. But again, like when this person's grieving, whether it's been one year, 10 years, 20 years, it 
it just doesn't help because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm young. I would have loved to be 80 in this to happen. Like the whole young factor doesn't help because that person sitting there like, I can't imagine my life with someone else and I don't want a life with someone else. Mm-hmm. So to almost like remind them that that may be the case in the future, is just not helpful. Um, That's really so I- good. That's really good tip because I can, yeah, definitely see how someone could kind of misconstrue that or or feel like that could be helpful. And coming from somebody like you just saying it's really just not, could change a a future conversation right there, then and there. I mean, I hope so. I I feel like, I don't know, I'm definitely not an expert, but I want to share what I've been through or what I found because I know that if I were in and I have been like one of my good friends lost her son, you know, 24 hours after he was born. And so it's like, what do you say? You know, you want to help them. You want to say something. Um, but maybe another tip is just be, would just be that sometimes there's nothing to say. And even though the silence feels super uncomfortable to you, it is uncomfortable, but that's okay. Because that's what the grieving person needs. Like just to have someone sit there and if they want to talk, they'll listen. And if they don't, they'll just kind of be with them. And, and so they don't feel so alone. Yeah, that's so true too. What are some things that you've you've heard people say where you're like, you know what, that really made me feel better? Like, is has there is there anything that sticks out in your mind that really is? You're like, yes, yes, do that again. Um, I think just to say like, this sucks. Like, there's no silver lining. There's no there's something better. Or he's in a bed. Like, it just sucks. Yeah, and that's it. Like. It's kind of plain, super simple. Um, but when someone just takes the time to be like, oh, I really don't have anything to say other than, like, I am so sorry and I'm here. If you need me, tell me what you need. But this just really sucks. You're like, yeah, it does. You know, so I think that. And then for me, um, similar to what we were talking about earlier, ask me questions still. Like, I was with a group of girls last weekend and they were talking about, you know, their boyfriends and whatever. And one of them said, oh, like, would Joe do that? Or what did Joe want to do? And just making me feel like he's still here and I'm still normal was yeah. huge. Oh, wow. That is so good to hear because that is so true. Like if a group of people are sitting around talking about your boyfriend's or husband's favorite flavor of ice cream, like he has a favorite flavor of ice cream. Yes. Like can we? Can I express that it's chocolate or whatever the heck it is? You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> makes so much sense. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Just, and it's so little, but that is so big to someone who feels like they can't necessarily talk about it anymore. Um, but they can. I just think that it's helpful when someone else asks. Yeah. Um, because for you, I mean, your world kind of, you know, that part of it, right? Like, you're not all the time talking to him, like, hey, what fa- what's your favorite ice cream like what do you want to get at the store but when somebody can bring it up and ask like you're still able to talk about him yes. about it about whatever the stupid things yep because you miss those you miss those little everyday things even if it's like you know those little annoyances like oh you know he didn't take the trash out whatever it might be like for me to have the opportunity to be like oh my god he like never hung up the towel whatever yeah it just makes you feel like your person's still here that you're still normal because you have a whole life with them and that whole life and that doesn't go yeah it It didn't go away you can still be like oh my god it was so annoying when he blah 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 which yes yeah and 
I feel like that's big because sometimes again just being a young widow not to say that old wouldn't have it too but when you're younger like that's what you do you go out with your friends you're getting drinks you're at a spa day and you're talking about your life typically a significant other the kids whatever it might be yeah. um so you already feel super weird and not like your old self just because you had someone that died um so for them to include or to ask about it and not make it weird and not make it uncomfortable is for me probably one of the the biggest thing they could do that I find helpful that's so nice have you when it comes to like his family um I know some people might wonder how like you're the wife how do you you know and then that's he's a son he's a brother he's a whatever he is is there anything to say about that dynamic when something you know what I mean do you know what I'm trying to say like does that get like kind of weird like you know what I mean yeah I think because it's like the whole dynamic shifts at this point you know I his family was always super kind and still is and accepting of me but I was always Joe's wife with him and now I'm Joe's wife but he's not here so sometimes I'll sit in family events and be like am I making someone sad are they unsure of how I'm fitting in or just I always wonder how they feel okay like with me there in that way um and then sometimes you know I don't know but in my own head I'm like is it hard because like for his mom like that's her son her baby and I don't know um I'm like trying to figure out how to put it into words because like a wife but then that's his mom I know that's what my question kind of was like yeah like how does that dynamic like how do you both fit because you guys are like those are yeah yes I know it's again like his his mom and I in the beginning I think definitely were processing things differently and we absolutely were grieving differently for that very reason I didn't lose a baby she did you know her I mean he was 37 yeah but still they're always your baby you're always yeah yeah and then but I lost like my husband so two very different losses yes and we we were grieving really differently but I will say I do think at the end of every day she never made it a competition and I could see where it almost may turn into one but she 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 didn't she would always say you know I lost my son and you lost your husband and we're both just you know hurting and it's so hard and um okay that's so even though yeah you know it really is I mean she like I said, she and I don't always grieve the same things, maybe, too. But at the end of the day, she never made me feel, um, you know, that I couldn't grieve or that I couldn't talk about him or that, you know, I had to put her first in a way. She's just been really, um, really welcoming. But she's someone who also always wants to talk about him, too, which works. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I could see how it would get tricky. But I think so far it's It's, been pretty good. That's great. I think when I'm hearing you talk how you kind of started out saying like when you go to family events and everything, I think – and, you know, I obviously don't know anything about the dynamic. But like from what I'm hearing you talk about and the way you're talking, it just almost seems like for you to – you want to to carry him on. You you know, you have this baby that's walking around spitting image of the guy like that is him and like for you you're like that's amazing like you have this miracle baby I think every baby's a miracle but 
you know, she's this little, like, little him that's so amazing. And so, like, I don't, I feel like I can say this to you. I, you shouldn't feel like they wouldn't want you there. They're probably like, oh, my God, what can we do to make sure she's at every second of everything? Because this is how Joe is here with us. Yeah, no, I I do think you're right. Um, and I appreciate you saying that too, because sometimes, you know, we always need that reminder. It just helps to hear. But I do think you're right. You know, they definitely want Vienna to be involved and they want to love her and know her. And of course, I want her to know them and love them and be super close. And you're right. It really is all just a way to make sure that Joe is here with us and um, she knows as much about him and all of that yeah but you are but and it's not I feel like it's like not so much like just her like you are are him too like you that is your like family you guys are a unit and so like you and Vienna together make up him and so like you being at a family event is like do you know what I mean though like I don't I I want you to think like because I feel like we all do that you kind of get in your your head and you're like huh, I wonder like what they're thinking if they're getting sad because I'm around or whatever you you think. But I think you should be like proud. Like that is such such a cool spot to be in. Like you get you and her together get to carry mm-hmm. him on. That's amazing. I love that way of thinking about it. Like her and I make up him. And yeah. So we're going to be him in all the places, in all the ways. I love that. I'm so Thank glad. You. <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm just li- listening to you and I'm like, it's just so it's so cool and it's really great how you guys you all work together like as a team like how your his family and your family you know and I'm sure along the way in other situations it could be a lot bumpier like you said there could be different situations but it's really amazing how you guys have kind of persevered in that sense of like becoming a team almost yeah, I, I definitely think that we have, I think we've all been respectful too of just knowing the way that we're all grieving. Um, I'm very much like I want to talk about them constantly, nonstop, and typically it's always happy and always laughing, um, and I have my sad moments, and then I know that there might be a member or two of his family that can't always handle talking about them, um, or maybe not for too long, because just the emotion that comes, it can be so overwhelming, and so I think we're just all trying to be too really respectful of, you know, how everyone is grieving and make sure that we are kind of honoring that, especially when we're all together, yeah. you know, in big groups too. That's just so, that's amazing to put it that way and respecting each other and just kind of, yeah, respect. I think that's a huge word and that, that's amazing. What am, when you do have, you know, because like you said, how can you not talk about somebody that you love and cherish and have all these amazing memories with and not laugh and think about the stupid things they did or the funny thing, you know what I mean? Like, but when you do go into those times where it gets heavy for you, what, what would, what would help you if someone else was around? Like what, what do you need in those moments? Um, I think it definitely goes back to um, just the listening. Okay. You know, um, I, I feel like too, I've been in those heavy moments. It's typically when I'm by myself, but if I just, cause like that's my personality, but if I am with someone, um, it's just been really helpful to listen. Don't try to fill the silence. If I'm there crying, I know it's so awkward and you just want to help, but I think the biggest help is just listen and let it happen. And, you know, there's a saying that I've learned since everything it's called like, um, 
holding space for grief and, and for people grieving. And I think truly holding the space is like occupying it with your body, letting it be there, but don't try to fill it because it is a space and there's nothing that, you know, can be said to make it go away or to make it better. Just like let it kind of be. And then when it passes, it really is like, okay, you move on to the next topic or the next conversation about them. Um, and that's for me how it's always gone. Yeah. What Have you ever dealt with the situation where, um, well, actually, I want to ask you if you were talking to someone who had is recently going through this, what would be some of the things that you would say? I think um, first and foremost, whatever it is you're feeling, it's right. Because I can remember even standing in the hospital room, I would go from hysterics to totally numb, like no feeling, no emotion, just standing there. And I would then feel so guilty for feeling numb. Like, how can I not have any feeling? I'm looking at my husband. What is wrong with me? And I remember having that numb feeling for months and even still sometimes now. And it feels wrong, but it's not. It's normal. And if you're angry, it's normal. And if for whatever the situation is, you feel some type of relief in some way, that's normal too. There's literally no wrong feeling or no wrong way to process the grief when it, you know, especially when you're first going through it, because it's just nothing you ever feel before. Would you describe it as something like almost like a shock to the system? And so then your body is just going through all these crazy emotions. Like that makes so much sense, I feel like. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, because of course it is a huge shock, certainly um, when it is so sudden. And that's another thing I've kind of learned over this last year and a half is that, um, you know, when, when something sudden and tragic, there's certain aspects to grief. And then when something is prolonged and stretched out, there's a whole nother set of aspects that come with it. But I think overall it is a shock because even if you know what's coming or you don't, this is it now and you can't turn it back. And so your body is just, it's all over the place. There's so many emotions. It doesn't know how to process them. You don't know how to process them. And I didn't realize how many physical, um, you know, reactions and symptoms of grief. Like you're super tired or you can't sleep and you don't know why, or your body aches and, Honestly, grief has some crazy stuff. Wait, I didn't like really tell you about. I didn't know that. I mean, I you could kind of, I guess, assume like you can't sleep, but wow, mm-hmm. did you experience any of the others? Um, yeah, I think still I sometimes just feel so exhausted I could sleep for twelve hours. Not that I do as mom really, but I feel like I could and I still wake would wake up so exhausted. And I think it's just the mental like the mental non-stop thought of he's not here because you can have all these other thoughts during the day and you can do your job and you can be a mom or a parent whatever but it's a constant thought of like oh my god he's not here and some days it feels so much more relentless than others but um so definitely like the mental fatigue the physical fatigue and there's this thing called widow brain which I of course had never heard about but it really is a thing like my memory sometimes just feels shot it feels better now, but I feel like in the beginning, you're in such a fog and you like literally don't even know where you put your keys and the keys are just like right there in front of you. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah. But wow. it like really is a thing. So there's a lot of different symptoms that I feel like you don't realize are coming from grief, but they are. Yeah. 
And I, I mean, again, so it's crazy. just such a, such a shock. Uh, like, and, and yeah, like you said, sometimes it's not maybe, I guess, a shock, but then it is a shock. So of course, it yeah. so it, it kind of makes sense for you to just experience all these just intense emotions or or experiences. Yeah, I, I I feel like I don't know. They're they're of course they're a lot and they're strong and they catch you by surprise. So to anyone going through it in the beginning, or even if you need a reminder, five years, ten years in, like it's all normal and you know it's not wrong. There's no wrong way to grieve. I know I've heard. Um, some people say that you know when you're when you go to like in the, especially in the beginning and then um you wake up and you almost have to retell yourself what had happened it how did you handle that is that something you experienced as well yeah i think i definitely experienced it um within those first couple months because at that time we were still living in our house i've since then had to um sell our house and i'm back in with my parents Nice. In our little basement apartment. Yeah, it, it really, again, like hindsight 2020, but it, it worked out. And I think it was what everyone needed. Um, but especially being in our house, like waking up in our bed, everything in your life feels so normal, yet nothing in your life is normal anymore. But it's like the mornings definitely can play tricks on you because you do, you're in that state of like, I'm up and you're in a familiar surrounding and it all seems normal. And then it's like, oh, nope, just kidding. How long... You know? did it did it did you until you sell sold your house um so he died in december and i sold well i moved out of the house at the end of that april okay so that, like four four or five months um and then you know the, the process of it being sold and all of that took place but i do think though those four months being in that house i ten thousand percent needed i think some people might need to move out right away um, some people might not even want to go back, but I needed to be in our place to just feel like that comfort and have that when you're still trying to process everything. So, of course, I would have still wanted to be there if I could have, but just at least having those times um, for me was really helpful just to feel like there's some like tangible part of him still or about of us, of our life. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Is there anything else that you can think of that you would say to somebody experiencing such intense grief? Um, so I don't love the phrase, it gets better, because when you are in that intense grief, you don't necessarily want to hear it. You want your feelings validated. Like, sure, it might get better down the road, but right now it sucks and I feel like I can't do another day. Um, and that's normal to feel like that. So just focus on getting to the next day. And I mean, it does, it does get, um, not better, but you figure out how you're going to deal with it and live with this grief. So you may feel more calm in the future, but in those first few days, just focus on the next day or the next hour. And you're going to feel like you can't and that's okay, but you will, you know, you will get to the next day and you'll just kind of do it again and again until you look back and you're like, Oh, you know, been a month or it's been six months. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's such good advice too. Somebody can definitely take that and, you know, if they're experiencing this, this type of, you know, or any type of grief, really, I feel like that could just yeah. work for anything. Um, what are some things that Vienna does that remind you of Joe? Oh my God. I feel like everything. No, he, um, he was super goofy. 
like crazy faces, weird noises, just goofy. And she'll sometimes turn around and her just her face facial expression. I'm like, oh hey Joe. Oh you know, just little things with her face. She'll make these weird noises. I'm like, what are you doing? Or she'll do like some weird little dance. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just him. That is and just I, so wild. It really is. And I feel like it's so hard to explain because it's like the little mannerisms. And sometimes like I feel like only I would know he did that because you know, it's what you see when you're at home and you're sitting on the couch and you guys are just being together or whatever, just you, the two of you, um, or three, obviously. But yeah, like it's just everything about her, her mannerisms, the, the eyes are him. She has his long fingers. Her body is him. I don't know. It's just <laughs> You're it's like, crazy. did I even make this child? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, if she didn't have the blonde hair, I would be seriously questioning it. Oh, yeah. So like funny. she has my blonde hair. And there are like some little personality traits that's me, but they're him. She's just funny and goofy and but she's also stubborn like him. Like if she's not doesn't want to do it, she's not doing it. And you're just not gonna talk her into it. Oh my gosh. Strong, sassy girl. I'm here for it. Super. Yep, super strong, super (laughs) sassy. But and so was he. So So funny. Oh my god. They are fun. I loved hearing about Joe tonight. I'm so happy that you we're so open to share because like I said, I mean, stories like this have to be told, right? I agree. They just have to be told for everyone's sake because first of all, he deserves to be honored and shared on for real. I mean, that bottom line, but yeah. also you've been through a lot that I feel like can really truly help somebody else and if anything comes good from this, I'm sure that that's something that you would want to, you know, help and support. And um, I feel like everyone says that if they could just help one person. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I feel like if I could just connect, make someone feel like they're not alone or not crazy or, you know, there is maybe that small hope that it's not going to be like super, super terrible for, you know, the whole time, then I don't know. I hope I'm helpful. I would love to be that. And just, you know, connecting with people, I think, like you said, is so important. And thank you for letting me share about Joe. I'm so, uh, thank you. And I think like what you said in the beginning, kind of just having this space to, to bring, to just talk about it and bring awareness because nobody is talking about loss like this. Nobody is talking about, I know I had a an episode um, that I think you listened to about um, a woman who lost her a daughter and you know it's just it's a very hard conversation to have it's it's not something anybody would want to be sitting here doing but we're here and we're gonna make the most of it and there's so many people out there that can benefit and I think just talking about it and and you are such a light because you have this personality that you you want to help and you want to share and and help him live on which is so so cool to me yes I thank you I appreciate that but absolutely I feel like if I could tell everyone every day about him then that's what I'll do for the next 60 years (laughs) so neat well thank you so much for joining me thank you I appreciate it so so much Well, that's it for this week's episode of The 20-Something Mom with your host, Mackenzie Frank. You can find me on Instagram at Mackenzie Frank. Make sure to leave a five-star review, subscribe, 
and leave a comment. That's great. That helps us keep going each week. I love doing this and it means so much to me when you reach out telling me how much this podcast has helped you, has benefited you, or you passed it on to someone else in your life. I hope this episode did just that. Thank you again, Megan, for being so vulnerable and open and sharing your experience because I know it can touch so many lives. We'll be here again next week. Join us then at the 20-something mom podcast.